I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So welcome to Tampa Bay, Bucko Bruce. That's right, we got a new one. Bruce Arians is the Bucks' 12th head coach in franchise history. He agrees to a four-year contract with a um, fifth-year option with the team on Tuesday. We got all the details of how the Bucks got their guy and news about his coaching staff and also how Joe Madden played a big role in recruiting him to Tampa. Also, the Lightning shut out the Columbus Blue Jackets 4 to nothing. 31 saves by Andre Vasilevsky, who was named to the All-Star team before the game. All that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, are you ready for a magical day on the river with the manatees? That's right. If so, seven days a week, you can experience the wonder and magical charm with Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees and Crystal River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. Now, I've done this, folks. It should be on your bucket list, I'm telling you. These gentle creatures are tremendous. Um, you need to go up there and, uh, and, and go ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour and be sure to ask about their free offer for active law enforcement officers and U.S. military. Requires a purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price. After that, you're eligible for a free tour. Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company in Kings Bay and Crystal River. It's absolutely beautiful up there. Pure paradise, 72 degrees all the time. Ask about their pontoon boat rentals, their kayak rentals, bicycle rentals, and much more. Book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-571-1888. All right, Steve, probably the worst-kept secret in the National Football League, something that we were writing about uh, certainly when Dirk Cutter was was fired on December 30th. But Bruce Arians is, in fact, going to be the Bucks. Next head coach, B.A., a colorful guy, um, someone that I think the fans are going to really love and fits really checks every box the Bucks needed. They needed a quarterback whisperer. This guy literally wrote a book called The Quarterback Whisperer, um, and he's going to do that for Jameis Winston. Uh, he signs a uh, or agrees to a, f- a four-year deal with a one-year option. Technically, Steve, they traded for this head coach. This is the second head coach now that the Bucks have traded for. So if they right. traded the first... for a coach, I expect they'll win the Super Bowl. Well, this year. that's the precedent. This year. Yeah, this year. should happen right away. So Dirk Cutter will be your Tony Dungy, and we'll say Bruce Arians won with Dirk Cutter's team. Listen, if you remember, of course, the, the, the Gruden trade, a little more expensive than Bruce Arians because Gruden was two number ones, two number twos, and $8 million. In this case, basically how this is how this worked out. It, it actually was kind of a snafu that delayed sort of the announcement of this. But um, you remember, you know, he retired – uh, after the 2017 season, but he still had a year left on his contract with the Cardinals, which, of course, he did not serve, so therefore that was that. But they also had an option year uh, for Bruce on 2019. Well, clearly, if you retire, the option year they can't pick up because you're not there to pick it up. Um, and the league had kind of informed or led the Bucks to believe that there was no compensation involved. And then Arizona decided to push back on that, and they were going to contest it. And so... Basically, what happened was Steve Kayyem and, and Jason Light, who are friends, obviously the Bidwells, you know, know everybody very, very well. Jason had worked there before. So basically what happened was the Bucks gave up uh, their sixth-round pick to the Cardinals in 2019 in exchange for the Cardinals' seventh-round pick and the rights to Bruce Arians, who they then turned around and signed to a, a four-year contract. So a little less compensation than it was for Gruden, but nonetheless the trade was worked out to kind of smooth things over and, uh, and and make it all neat and tidy. So Bruce Arians uh, seemed to be excited, I guess, in the statement that he made on Twitter about coming to the Bucks. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of talk about his age. I mean, this is not a young guy. He's 66 years old. Credit to Greg Allman, who uh, wrote a story for The Athletic, talking about how he did the research. And Arians, at 66, is the oldest uh, coach to begin, you know, to be hired Right, the oldest coach to be hired be, be hired at sixty six somewhere uh, in the last in twenty years in the NFL to wow. s- to start a a new yeah a new job. 
older than Pete Carroll, older than what we're talking about. Who is the old Rams? Well, yeah, Coach Pete Carroll's what a year. Pete Carroll's a year older than Bruce Arians now, and of course, he's been the coach right. of Seattle for quite. But some when he time. was hired, he, right. yeah, he was he was not. So to 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 start a coaching job at sixty six, that's the oldest in at least twenty years, um, which is saying something, right? So. Uh, you figure he does a four-year deal. If he if he serves all four years, then he's going to be seven years old. You know, by the time he does his last year, and then they'll be talking about maybe an option year. That's the best case scenario. So he comes in, and 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 of course the reason is this is this is really all about Jameis Winston for the most part. I mean, clearly they got other issues to deal with, and we're going to get to Bruce Arians' um, coaching staff that he's bringing with him, which is another big attraction of his. But you know, Winston. 25 years old, final year of a contract, his rookie deal is going to be set to make $20.92 million next year. And when you look at Arians and you see, again, you know the guys that he's had, he's a fascinating career you know, with such quarterbacks as Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer. Um, these guys all swear by him. And I watched, if you get a chance, there's several things you can watch, but one of the, one of the things I watched was uh, a football life that they did on Bruce Arians a couple of years ago. And it's fascinating. I mean, his story is really, really good to begin with. Just how he, he, you know, began coaching after his playing days. And he was, you know, 1975. I mean, that's how long this guy's been at it. And his poor wife, Chris, has moved a gazillion times. I can't wait to talk to Chris because this is like a second or third time he was retired. And she thought, um, that's it. We're going to go to my forever lake house in Georgia. And now he's taking her out of there again. So it's it's really remarkable, but what a, what a career he's had. He was a guy. I don't know if you knew this, but when I went back and looked at his resume, he uh, you know he coached with Bear Bryant. He was on his staff. He was there when Bear Bryant coached his last game at the Liberty Bowl back in like 1982 or something like that or 81, whatever it was. I remember. I think I watched that game in Memphis, and there was a lot of pressure to win that game for the for the University of Alabama, but. He he keeps a picture, in fact, of Bear Bryant wherever he goes over his desk in his office, which is pretty cool. And, um, you know, just, I mean, he, he sort of had this storied career where he's found himself, you know, in some of the greatest situations ever, but kept getting passed over and over for head coaching jobs until, you know, he ends up getting, after winning two Super Bowls in Pittsburgh, he ends up getting fired there. And he comes to Indianapolis, and that's the first time, one of the first times his wife thought he was he was retired, and he gets a call from Chuck Pagano. And he had worked with Pagano in Cleveland, one of the many stops that he had had along the way with the Cleveland Browns. And his wife hears him go, hey, cuz, what's up? And she thinks, oh, no, oh, no, he's not doing this, is he? And he goes, uh, yeah, I can be down there tomorrow if you need me to be. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God. And he went. He took a job in Indianapolis with the Colts as their as their uh, quarterbacks coach, and, and he ended up being the offensive coordinator. And then you know they went down there, and, and then Chuck Pagano um, comes down with with uh, leukemia. And we all remember that story where you know Chuck it was nip and tuck there for a while. I mean everybody's mm-hmm. worried about his health in general. And Arians is named the interim head coach. And he goes talk about pressure. He goes the only other pressure I felt to win a game more than that one when I, his first game. Uh, with the Colts was was Bear Bryant's last game. And he said, you know, Jim Irsay came and said, we're going to take the game ball up to Pagano after the game, so we need to win. <laughs> so he's like, okay. And they fell behind. I forget who they were playing with. They fell behind. They rallied. It was a dramatic win at the end of the game. Um, I think they, they might have beaten the Packers, in fact. Um, but at any rate, uh, they did win the game. And he goes on to go 9-3 and three, uh, with that football team. And this is with uh, – I believe Andrew Luck was a quarterback at that time. This is his second stint because he was he was Peyton Manning's first quarterbacks coach. So this is the second time he's been in Indianapolis, and he wins Coach of the Year, NFL Coach of the Year as an interim head coach, and that's what convinced you know um, the owners, the Bidwells in in Arizona, to give him a shot as a head football coach. And of course, you know the rest is sort of history. But just a just a fascinating story from. Him getting kicked out of school, um, you know, his, his wife, who was his high school sweetheart, he got her pregnant when she when they were in high school. She lost the baby. Um, then, then after his football season, a um, bunch of guys, a bunch of players got together, and some of them brought brought alcohol, brought beer. And this is at a Catholic high school, and they caught him. And Bruce didn't tell anybody that he was already on probation for 
you know, getting his his uh, soon to be wife uh, pregnant, and so then when he got the the alcohol citation, he got expelled. He he didn't finish high school there. He had to go somewhere else. So it's uh you know from growing up in in a uh, you know a southeast Pennsylvania town, you know, very blue collar. His dad worked at Caterpillar. I mean, there's there's a ton of Bruce Arian stories, but um, he's a colorful guy. I think people are going to really really like him, and. If nothing else, and we'll get to his staff in a minute, but if nothing else, Steve, if you look around the league and who was hired or who's been hired so far, it's kind of surprising that more teams didn't talk to Bruce Arians if he was going to coach. Well, did they not talk to him, or was he really retired and because of the Jason Light connection, he's talking Maybe. to Tampa? I mean, he did say before the the Bucks job was open that there was one team he'd wanted coach. Mm-hmm. It was the Cleveland Browns. Right. So I assume the Cleveland Browns had other plans. Uh, they did not call him. So, you know, and then and then the Bucks job came open, and you're right, Jason Light. Of course, we talked about the relationship he has with Jameis Winston going back, you know, to Alabama back when Jameis was in, uh, when J-Boo was in, uh, you know, middle school. And, uh, you know, he, he would go to Arians Camp in Birmingham, Alabama, this kid from Hueytown. Um, so there's that, and there's a Jason Light connection. But, but you know, if you could, if you could get Bruce Arians – over say Cliff Kingsbury, um, which of course Arizona was going to rehire him, but I'm just saying like it's it's not a it's not so far been a stellar group at least name wise. Now look, nobody was banging the drum for Sean McVay, and I think you know the, the NFL is a copycat league. This is the Sean McVay effect. You're starting to see you're starting to see young, very young, sort of offensive coordinators, uh, or in the case of Kingsbury, college football head coach guys getting opportunities on the offensive side of the ball. And I think a lot of that has to do with Sean McVay's success. Absolutely does. And I wonder if there's not a, a secondary connection here. Is we know that the Glazers, one of their their better friends in the in the league are the Bidwells. That's true. And is there a connection there, too, where they, maybe they were not involved in the process necessarily, but, you know, Bruce Arians can feel comfortable – coaching for the Glazers because they operate very similarly to the Bidwells. Well, you know, Tampa and Arizona are similar franchises in, in many respects. Um, the Bucks have won a Super Bowl, obviously. We know the history here. But just look at the areas regionally. Like, you know, Tampa Bay is a, a, is, is a nomadic area. Not, not many of us are born here like I was. Very few, in fact. And so you have a lot of Midwesterners on the west coast of Florida – a lot of migrate, migratory people, uh, snowbirds, if you will. Uh, it's in the Sun Belt. Arizona is pretty much the same team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like nobody that people come from Chicago, people come from the Midwest, different places. There, no one, no one, not many people grow up a, a Arizona Cardinals fan. Um, and and that's kind of you know the areas are very similar in that respect. The fan bases are good. I would say I would argue that there's more. Um, you know, more of a rabid football presence in the South here in Florida because of the college programs and whatnot. But you got Arizona State in Tempe, and you got Arizona in uh, in Tucson. So there's college football that's big time in the Pac-12 out there too. So they're very similar, I think, in in the way they operate um, in the, in their franchises. So you know, they both wear red. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but there might be something there. There might be something to that. I I will say this that like I don't. I didn't realize this until tonight, but I'm not sure Arians was completely sold he wanted to do this. There was a little bit of recruiting involved by the Bucks, and I did I thought it would be sort of the other way around that once once he made you know made himself available to be hired that he would then have to convince them. Now there was there was some convincing in terms of his health, right? They they you know and we were this was reported yesterday by Jay Glazer a couple of days ago on Fox that when Arians came here, part of his interview process was he had to go get a physical at a, at a Tampa hospital. And he had to have his physician be part of the interview process to go over sort of what his medical history was. And we talked about how he's had three different types of cancer and, you know, diverticulitis and some issues like that. But apparently he got a clean bill of health. That that, that was not a holdup as it turns out. So he, he's, he's raring to go. He's healthy and all that. The other connection was that when he came when he came here on, they snuck him in here on a Friday. This is a pretty good story. I wrote about this uh, on TampaBay.com. So, okay, four years ago, you know, Jason Light, first of all, Jason Light 
when he came to Tampa, got to know Joe Madden pretty pretty easy, pretty early, as as most people do. If you're in, if you're in sports, you know, and you're around, um, Joe has the the restaurant in South Tampa, Ava. There's a lot of mutual friends and things that that uh, Jason met, and so you know Joe's very embracing to everybody. And of course, he was going to find out and begin a, a relationship with the general manager of the Bucks. They've been to his house, and I'm going to drop names. I've been to his house and Gasparilla and all that stuff. You know, it's a, there's a social uh, connection. So four years ago, Jason is in spring training to see the Cubs play. And B.A. is one of his friends. And so they all go to, to Mesa, Arizona, to see the Cubs play. Well, Jason knows Joe Madden, who's gotten the job from the, for the Chicago Cubs. It's like his first year there. And he takes B.A. down, and they meet each other, and they hit it off. And they have so much in common I guess I never thought of it this way, but but Arians is, with the exception of maybe his mouth, his potty mouth, but he 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 is sort of the football version of Joe Madden. They grew up 60 miles away from each other in eastern Pennsylvania. You had B.A. is from uh, York, Pennsylvania, which is, a again, a very blue-collar town, and then Joe's from Hazleton. That's about an hour apart. They're about No, they're about 100 miles apart, 106 miles away, so about an hour and a half or so apart. And both blue-collar towns. And if you think about the two of these guys, lifers in football. I mean, just lifers, right? I mean, Arians, you know, his first head coaching job was at Temple for like six years, and then he was an assistant forever after that. Joe Madden, how many years was he in baseball before he got a manager? Like 25 years? Oh, yeah. He was before he know, got hired the by the Tampa bench Bay coach for years. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was never that guy that people were looking to, inter- to interview or hire as a, as a you know, a, as the manager. And then he gets a job late in life, as as Arians did, you know, to manage the Tampa Bay Rays. So there's so much similarities, and and they're both they're both very uh, out of the box thinkers. You know what I mean? They're they're charismatic as hell. They have their little phrases. You know, they each have their kind of little no biscuit, no risk it, no risk it, no biscuit. Joe Madden, it's you know all all the Maddenisms that we've become familiar with over the years. So. There's they're really kindred spirits. So when it, so when Arians came here, I think Jason Light felt like you know I got to sell him a little bit. Like I'm not I'm not sure he's all in just yet about coming out of retirement. And of course, it was going to be a big ask of his wife. So what he did was he snuck he called Joe, and they snuck him in through the kitchen at Ava. And at Ava, there's a sort of a almost for lack of a better term, like a safe room. It's like a, it's a private dining room with a big door that you would not know that dining room is there if that door is closed. Um, and they put him in the private dining room with Joe. Joe, of course, having been friends with him and met him and, and, and you know, since the introduction four years ago, they had done a lot of things together. He sold him, you know, he sold him on Tampa. He sold him on living here. He sold him on, you know, what it was like to, to coach a team, manage a team in this area. And, of course, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, with you know, has has its own big following. So, you know, from what I understand, that had a big impact on Arians. And and you know, uh, from that on, the next day, he interviewed with the Glazers. He crushed the interview as as you would expect he would. And then, of course, went back and uh, it was time to continue talking to his wife. And then, before long, they you know they ended up getting the results of the medical test came back and they started negotiating and. Pretty soon on Tuesday, after they started negotiating the deal, the deal got done. So we can thank Joe Madden if this doesn't work out for the Bucks because he had a lot of a lot to do, I think, with him coming here. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, look, when you're trying to coax somebody out of retirement, you've got to mm-hmm. you got to recruit them, you got to convince them, hey, this is the right yeah. spot, this is this is a good thing, and you know, and partly so that he's excited enough to go sell his wife on it. Yeah, and and, and like if you see her. On the uh, on on the football life, she's a sweet lady. She's she's everybody's mom, right? And and they have they have a couple kids. Uh, his son is now forty. You know, and, and the thing is, when he retired, I was reading what he had said when he retired. He just said, you know, football wasn't as fun as it as it had been for him. How he would rather live live rather than die on a sideline. And you know, of course, health was a concern. Being around his grandkids was was something he wanted to do. And then he goes and he works for CBS, which is not an easy job, but he covered, you know, he was an analyst for them uh, covering the NFL for a year. Um, and, 
it had to be hard because they had settled back into their lake house in Georgia, which isn't that far from Tampa, but nonetheless, she's used to having the big lug around. And then now all of a sudden he's going back to a hundred hour work weeks, which I'll say this too, that Bruce has some Tony Dungy in him as well, because his philosophy is if you're there at midnight or after 10 o'clock, I don't know what you're doing. He's like, you know, I know these guys stay, spend the night in their offices and they stay till 2 a.m. He goes, honest to God, it's not that hard. It's football. <laughs> so he wants his assistants to get out. He wants them to make every recital, every basketball game. You know, he is not that guy that, that thinks you should, you know, stay overnight and sleep on your couch and stuff like that. So, you know, that part is good. The one thing I'd say, Steve, that like, you know, obviously we know the relationship that him and Jameis are going to build, and that's that's going to be enormous for Jameis, and they're trying to save Jameis in his final year. But this coaching staff is is fairly impressive. You know, I think his ability to and look, it's going to be Cardinal South. I mean, that's there's no secret there. Um, but it's going to start with Todd Bowles. That's the, the one I'm excited be, about. Is that, oh man, look, you know, the last few years it's been you know what uh, Leslie Frazier and Mike Smith and Lovey Smith and Lovey Smith. And then we see what Mark Duffner did with this defense yep. and how it got better despite a lot of injuries. That's right. And, and look, at the end of the day, they weren't a great defense, but they, they weren't, weren't much good. better. No. They were, but they were more better, middle yeah. of the pack. They were serviceable considering the way they started the season. Sure, sure. That I'm curious to see, first of all, what kind of personnel changes they're going to have, including, you know, will Gerald McCoy be back? His contract's yeah, not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But what Todd Bowles in the next year or two can do to get Tampa Bay back to a defensive mindset, you know, to, to really have, have a good defense, which is what this franchise is known for. This is, that's the identity of this franchise. That's their that's DNA. What, that's yeah. how they won a Super Bowl. Yep. Now, the it game's is. changed, and you don't win with defense alone anymore. Mm. But, I, you know, this team, if they want to go to where they want to go, they, their defense has to be better. It has to create turnovers. It has to be opportunistic and, as they always say, complementary football. Yeah, well, they, you know, the thing about Bulls' is teams, and I, and I know a lot of people were upset about the style of defense Tampa has played the last few years. And, of course, the Bucks have been a 4-3 team forever. Bulls uses a multiple. I'm Because t- I, I, I remember him as a 3-4 guy primarily, but they're like, no, he does both. He You know, he's multiple fronts, some 3-4, some 4-3. Well, you don't – you can't, like, some 3-4, right? It's like you either have that personnel or you don't. But he – you know, a lot of teams, look, 70% of the time teams are in nickel, which means they take a linebacker off the field and they add a defensive back. And in that situation, you you know, the front can vary no matter what. So what Bowles does, though, is, and I think Tampa fans will love this, Bowles is all about bringing pressure. They blitz a lot. He's they aggressive. bring pressure Very aggressive. a lot. He's super aggressive. And he requires his corners now. It, there's a huge premium on being able to cover man to man, and you know that's where the the whole thing falls down because um, obviously Brent Grimes isn't going to play here anymore because you know seven million dollars isn't enough to ask him to cover man to man, so he's gone. And then you know you have a bunch of young guys, Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart. They're going to have to they're going to have to address the cornerback position on this football team. In fact, they got a lot of needs on defense. But if you're just looking at like who would fit a three four or who might who might sort of be morphed into this situation, this defense of his. Um, Vita Vea could play in any defense. I mean, he's 340 pounds. He can play two-gap. He can play nose tackle in a 3-4 inside. He can, you know, play in a 4-3, obviously. Um, I think Carl Nassib is so athletic. Uh, he could stand up as a, as a deep, you know, as an outside linebacker, uh, rush linebacker that you see in the in the NFL all the time. I think JPP could do that, mm-hmm. um, even though he's 31 years old and he's always had his hand in the ground. And one of the reasons why JPP is not with the Giants is because I think they thought it would be an odd fit with the new defensive scheme that they had up there, which was a 3-4 primarily. But nonetheless, you, you've got to find a way to make use of JPP, Carl Nassib, obviously, and then you have I think Levante David can play in any defensive linebacker, but yes, it's not going to be yep. it's not going to be his best position because generally your your three four linebackers are a little bigger, a little meatier if they're playing inside. Um, if they're outside, they're usually pass rushers. So we'll have to see just exactly how that all pans out. So the personnel is you know some of it's who we haven't mentioned Gerald McCoy. I don't know where Gerald McCoy to me Gerald McCoy should and could play in any defense, 
But you know what? It's n- three fours is, is definitely not his thing. Um, so, you know, when they go four three, if you know if you're on the field sixty six percent of the time, we're still going to have to deal with the fact that he makes thirteen million dollars, thirteen million um, non guaranteed dollars. You know, Levante Levante David has a good salary. His salary is not guaranteed. There's going to be changes, I think, on the in, in in personnel on the defensive side, and frankly, there has to be because they haven't been any damn good. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to come in here with Todd Bowles. Now, the one thing I know about Bowles, he doesn't say a lot, but like he's like scary. He's like scary good. Like everywhere he's coached, whether it was Miami or or the Cardinals, they've they've always had impressive impressive defenses, and he gets a lot out of his players, and his players love playing for him. So. I think that's, to me, if you marry up Arians on the offensive side and you marry him up with another former head coach and Todd Bowles. On- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. On the defensive side, that's a nice, you know, that's a nice replacement for Cutter and, say, Mike Smith. I think that's an upgrade on both, in, both, in both areas. Oh, speaking of Dirk Cutter, by the way. I, I texted him this, too, because he had told me – I don't know if I've said this on a podcast or I hinted strongly at it, but I did not expect Dirk Cutter to coach again. You've I mean, man, You've mentioned that. You have mentioned that. Yeah, I thought he was done. And when I talked to him the Thursday before the last game uh, at uh, One Buck, um, he made, he, I, I told him, I said, I've, I've heard from several people that you said, that you told, that this might be – whenever this ended, that this would probably be your last stop coaching period because you've done it for 35 years um you you lived your dream you got to be one of 32 nfl head coaches uh and you were ready to see as he told me he hadn't seen the leaves change at his place in idaho um in 30 something years and you know maybe it was time because he had all the money he needed um he'd he'd, you know been to the mountaintop all of that and i was i was convinced he was going to walk away from football and then the atlanta falcons called (laughs) and I'm t- I don't know what the offer was, folks. It had to have blown him away. It had to have been something really, really special because, uh, and you know, the Bucks probably let, let's assume the Bucks own for one more year at say four million dollars. Now, most teams, including the Bucks, ha- have an offset, which means, you know, if you go take a job somewhere else and make one dollar, then they owe you three million nine hundred ninety nine dollars, and nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. So every dollar you make, they hack off, which means, you know, if you're making, say, two from the Atlanta Falcons, let's say, um, then, then the Bucks would pay you two and the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. would pay you two, but you're not going to get six. But many times the Bucks have said, you know what, we're not going to enforce the offset. So I don't know what they've done in this situation. I know that they've done that with the coaches yep. like Levy Smith and Gruden. He could be making Bucks salary and the Falcons salary. Or he may have got a multi-year deal where this year is very little and – the next year's that's, are, it's the next year's giant. Yeah. That's right. You could do it that way. That's exactly right. But you know, you have a coach in um, in Quinn up there that I kind of wobbly. You know what I mean? You might you might not see that second year. You almost wonder. Might, well, but you almost wonder if they haven't hinted that he could be a coach in waiting up there if Dan Quinn fails. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, they know him. They you know they he, know him. You know, he, he was successful as a coordinator. Uh, Matt Ryan, look, Matt Ryan's going to have a good year next year because some of his best years, and you can look it up as they say, came with Dirk Cutter. The how Dirk Cutter got to Tampa was he hung fifty six on Lovey Smith one day yeah. on national TV. It was embarrassing. That's one of those Julio Jones two hundred fifty yard days. So, you know, uh, Dirk was joking with me. I said, "Well, you know, I guess you're not going to see the leaves change." He goes, "Yeah, it was a crazy business." He goes. He goes, but you know, I, I, you know, the offer was too good to uh, to turn down. He says, and besides, I get to come back to Tampa once a year, <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting when when those two hook up. And uh, you know, it happened the other way, of course, with Mike Smith going back to Atlanta all those years. 
you know, after he he was fired by the Falcons. And, you know, you start to think, well, wow, Dirk's going to really have an advantage because he coached his team and he knows all the weaknesses. And um, But that's what we said about when Mike Smith and that didn't didn't matter. Look, you know, I think I least. think a lot of this roster is going to turn over and they're going to have new systems and new offenses sure. and new defenses. It's not going to give I mean, yeah, some of the strengths and weaknesses of a few of the players and, and maybe right. maybe you know, Jameis. But yeah, I mean, it gives you a little advantage, but not that much. Right. So you're, you're, not, you're other, not hiring because you got an advantage over Tampa Bay. No, 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 no. They're hiring him because he was did he does a damn good job on offense. That's how he that's how he made his bones in this league, um, and he had done it for them before, and they want him to do it again um, because they've had this will be I think their third coordinator in three years since Kyle Shanahan left. Mm-hmm. Maybe their fourth. I'm not even sure what number we're at, but uh, but at least their third. Now there's some other guys names that you'll recognize that are on this uh this staff that uh they're going to bring to Tampa Bay. Uh starting with uh and I can't believe that I'm talking to this guy is going to be a coach now and has been Byron Leftwich. Remember Byron Leftwich Absolutely. Uh, when when Raheem Morris you know took over the Bucks in 2009. Um Leftwich was a guy that had been an, a backup quarterback in Pittsburgh. Um, went to Marshall, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, Arians had him as a backup quarterback there with the Steelers, and so the Bucks had him, and he was he won the starting job that year over Luke McCown, Josh McCown's brother, and they also that year drafted a guy named Josh Freeman out of Kansas State, but they didn't they were bound to determine they were not going to play Josh Freeman um, maybe at all his rookie year, but certainly not right away, so left which. Comes out and he's zero and three, and he get. I mean, they get smoked. They, he's not very good at all. They get smoked. Then they turn it over to McCown, and then finally, about I don't know, week eight, nine, they go to Freeman, and you know, obviously, left which was done and never came back here again. But um, that's how he got started. So he's done the passing game coordinating before for the Cardinals. What I don't know, and I I suspect this will not be the case. I mean, I I think Arians is going to call plays. I mean, at least. You know, the one year you have Jameis, I don't know that you want to turn it over. I mean, Leftwich is still a very young young guy in his 30s, and I know Arians believes he's going to be a head coach one day. I don't know that I would let him call plays, but we'll have to see how that goes. They also have uh, Harold Goodwin, who is uh, an offensive coordinator for the Cardinals at one point and their offensive line coach in Arizona. Uh, the Bucks interviewed him, I believe, as, the, as one of their Rooney guys and when they hired Cutter, as a matter of fact, not too long ago. Um, you also have uh, defensive backs coach Kevin Ross maybe headed here. And then another name, um, this guy coached with Arians at Temple going back way back in, in the college days. But we know him because he worked for the Bucks. Clyde Christensen, who was the quarterback's coach for Tony Dungy on his first staff. He was here six years. He had Sean King and others. He is purportedly going to be the Bucks quarterback's coach. So if he comes, if he comes with Arians, That'll be his second stint in Tampa Bay. And then, of course, he went on after Tony left to go work for the Annapolis Colts and went to two Super Bowls and won one against the Saints and then worked with uh, Jim Caldwell. So a lot of, you know, some familiar faces that people will remember. And we're also waiting to see if there's a chance that, you know, maybe he brings in a guy like, say, Chuck Pagano as, you know, like a senior advisor or something like that since uh, he and Pagano are still really, really good friends and, uh, there might be room on the staff for him too. So there'll be news about them forming uh, the coaching staff. But I think, I think that side, like if you're, if you're a Bucks fan and, and you, you follow football, forgetting the head coach who is obviously the face of the franchise and sets the tone and all those things. And Arians is going to bring swagger back like you've never seen before. I mean, he is, he's the coolest coach in the NFL with the, with the, the newspaper boy hat and the, the, the suits that he never wears twice. And, you know, just I mean, he's he's beyond cool, right? But I ju- I just think he's gonna bring gonna bring some excitement. Um, well, he's to bringing the fan a culture base. change. He's bringing a, a culture, culture change, change which yeah. this organization needs right now. Absolutely, absolutely. It needs they to do. find an identity. It needs a culture change. Right, and he's a proven guy. Mm-hmm. And now you know whether he can win here. Maybe nobody can win here, right? Maybe the organization is structured such that you know you can't do it here. But he's going to give it one hell of a try, and they they weren't winning in Arizona before he got there either, folks. You know they, I think he had like four winning seasons out of you know maybe seven or eight in the franchise's history. So 
Um, you know, again, two-time coach of the year, won the coach of the year out there. Had got Carson Palmer hurt and went to Drew Stanton and still managed to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, there's there's some magic in Bruce Arians. And if you talk to him for a while and you meet him, players love him. I mean, the testimonials of those quarterbacks that I mentioned, uh, Manning and Roethlisberger and those guys, um, it's unbelievable. And and I got to believe Jameis Winston has to be doing cartwheels right now, you know, because he's he's known this guy for as long as he has. It's a new voice. It's a fresh start. Um, Arians is going to believe in Winston and it's, it's going to be interesting to watch those, those guys kind of do it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a fresh voice in Jameis's ear, but it's someone he knows. Right. Exactly. And, and Not look, a stranger. We've seen progress over the last four years. I mean, he, Jameis is definitely mm-hmm. a better quarterback today than he was four years ago. He That's hasn't right. progressed fast enough and hasn't eliminated a lot of the same mistakes that he's made for four years. Right. So a fresh voice, but an experienced one who, look, at the end of the day, if Jameis starts pushing back, it's, look, I've coached Peyton Manning. I've coached Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, Andrew Luck. You know, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, he walks in with so yeah. much credibility that it's and, – and from what I hear – One of his and, sayings is, coach hard, hug him later. Hug him later. That's what he learned from Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that was Bear Bryant's. He goes, that's been my motto. Jameis um, will get coached hard, which, you know, he seems to respond to that. Well, what did Jimbo Fisher do? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Arians, look, Arians is going to drop the a lot of F-bombs, okay? It's just how he talks, and and he he, he crushes you if you're, a, if you're a, a player. He told his players when he met with there in, in Arizona, they showed to me, he goes, look, he says, uh, I'm going to tell you, you your football sucks, okay? And you're going to get mad. He says, but I'm talking about your football. He goes, I don't have anything against you personal. personally. You're going to have to get over the fact that when, when, when you're getting yelled at, it's not that I, doesn't li- I don't like you as a person. He goes, it's about, it's about football. And if you're not doing things right 100% all the time, you're doing them wrong. And so he's very demanding that way. His coaching staff is very demanding that way. But everybody loves the guy. You know, he, he, he's just, he's, he, he, again, he, he gets, he has the ability because of his background to relate to anyone, you know, black, white, rich, poor. Um, I think Steve Kyam said, you know, he's the guy that would drink, you know, Schlitz in the mailroom with the guys, or he could go out, you know, with the board members later on in the high rollers and have Dom Pierignon, and he'd be just as comfortable. So he really can can sort of morph back between um, all the cultures in the NFL. So, look, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's a better fit. I tend to think that, the, the interviewing they did was in case Arians were to say no. They've been. This is a franchise that has been left at the altar with the runaway brides many times before, with Parcells, with um, you know all all kinds of guys. Uh, you had Chip Kelly. There, there's been a lot of guys that looked like they were coming here and at the last minute, no, they're gone. So they they couldn't put all their eggs in one basket. But boy, it it sure seems like you didn't need a search firm to hire Bruce Arians, did you? Well, it depends on what they were using the search firm for. And, you know, we're assuming it was to go find a coach. Maybe right. maybe it was purely background. Maybe it was purely. Well, that's just, part of their job. You know, You're just, right. you know, make sure that, you know, the stories you hear about the players that are loyal and love him are true. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know. I mean, they announced they hired a search firm. We've assumed it's they're going to go, you know, give us here's a list of candidates interested but maybe that's not right. what they hired him for. Maybe it was a whole different set of things. And yeah. look, at the end of the day, Jason Light knew Bruce Arians. We don't think the Glazers necessarily did. No. Maybe they also wanted the search firm and to, to interview others to make sure that that was the guy they wanted to hire. It's yeah, Jason's high on him. A lot of the football community's high on him. Seems like a very good fit and what the, the Bucks actually need, but... Mm-hmm until you go talk to others to make sure that yes, this is the guy, you know, you, and it would be because, because be you don't, easy. you don't want, you don't, you don't want buyer's remorse two years from now. If it didn't work out going, well, God, I wish we would have talked to a few other people. Well, and here's the big problem with all of this, right? This is a for now move. This is all hands on deck. 2019. Look, I mean, Arians could outlast Jameis Winston because Winston's in his last year of his contract. But are you going to ask a guy then after this season who will now be 67 years old, hey, we're going to rebuild and we're going to do it with a young quarterback, and you're going to be the guy that grooms him. Now, he could do that, 
but I don't know that he's going to be around to see the fruits of his labor. Um, so to me, this is a, you think short term, we'll think short term. This is about 2019. And then we'll just sort of figure out what to do with the rest of it after that. Well, look, if they kept uh, Jason Light, then the organization, the owners must feel that the roster is pretty good. Right. That he's done a good enough job. He's done yeah. a good enough job that, you know, that they, they should be mm-hmm. better than they, they are right now. Better right. than five and 11 the last two seasons. That's right. So that's right. Yeah, they're not, uh, you know, they they apparently, based on this hire, too, are not thinking, you know, this is a rebuild or, you know, we need nope. to, re- you know, it's retool and, and add and, and move Reload. Up. Yeah. Yeah. That, right. You know, they thought they should have been better than they were this year. That, they got I mean, the number five your, pick in the draft. Yeah, you got your number five pick. Sure. In every round, not just the first round, but every round, you can you can do some things. You need to thread the needle the way New Orleans did a few years ago. Um, and try to get back into it. But with Arians, maybe he's your edge. Maybe he can out-coach Ron Rivera. And maybe he can out-coach or coach with Sean Payton. Or maybe he can out-coach, um, you know, Quinn. Uh, and, and so he, he's not going to take a back seat in terms of experience to anybody. I mean, his experience is incredible. His story is incredible. And he's a very likable, likable guy. And, and Tampa Bay is going to love him the way Arizona did. Um, it just comes down to wins and losses and whether he can get – get Jameis going. But like Chris Sims said on a broadcast of Pro Football Talk, he's like, look, he goes, I think Tampa for a head coach is a no is a no lose situation. If you come in and Winston, you can't make anything out of Winston in one year, you're like, well, we gave it a shot. You know what I mean? Like, yep. no harm, no foul. On the other hand, if you make this guy the franchise quarterback you that they hoped he would be when they took him one overall, you're going to ride off on a white horse. You're going to be the hero, you know? And you got something. You know, you've got somebody who can win. You've got somebody with talent, with experience. They've already got four years under their belt. So if you can get them to take off in their fifth season, now you could be looking at playing with this guy for the next four or five years. So, you know, some people look at it like it's really a no a no brainer. You take the job, you do the best you can, and you know, if it doesn't work out, you start over with a young quarterback or a free agent. So the box at least uh on what are we? What night are we talking? We're, we're this at, is Tuesday, uh, night. Tuesday night. Tuesday night or early night. Wednesday so, morning. Yeah, early Wednesday morning. They had not announced the press conference. We're looking. I'm told, sort of off the record, but we're kind of looking, maybe at a Thursday press conference more than more than today. Um, so I think that's when the first time you have a chance to see Bruce Arians at the podium and talking to the fans. But we'll we'll keep you updated on TampaBay.com if something like that changes. But I don't expect to have. The formal announcement, anyway, and unveiling in press conference with Arians probably until um, Thursday. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Again, TampaBay.com is where you want to go. Also, um, Steve, you were at the Lightning. They shut out Columbus coming off that West Coast road trip. You know, sometimes – now I've heard various things that, like, it's the second game off a road trip where the legs get you. But I expected them to be kind of tired, and they came out flying. Well, they, they looked tired period. on Saturday night in San Jose. Right, and then they stayed Saturday night. Came back Sunday from there. Right, so they didn't. They didn't take. They, they didn't take the overnight. They didn't. Yeah, that's they, smart when they do that. The yeah. Lightning do that a lot now. That the, they do, that, and I love it. They I travel think it's the next terrific. day. Yeah, so that they're not yeah. flying all night long. Now sometimes you get back to backs, and you have to. Right, but when sure. they can, when they can, they do that. Um, right. Yeah, I mean the Lightning. The first period, you know, I, I thought the first period they played pretty well. The the, the last five minutes, they kind of took over the period, and that's when they scored the two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, throwing everything at the net. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky was fantastic. The second period, they had a lot of trouble keeping the puck. They, they yeah. spent a lot of time in their own zone. But they actually played pretty good defense the whole time. I mean, they, they were in their zone the whole time. They were having trouble getting the puck, clearing the puck. But, but not Col- a lot of Columbus didn't get a lot of great right? scoring chances. Panarin had yeah. two or three. And, I, you know, I think there was one or two others maybe was a decent shot. But for the most part, they put a lot of shots on. Lightning mm-hmm. blocked like twelve shots in the second period. Yeah, uh, Ryan McDonough blocked several. Uh, that they didn't play. They didn't play. Uh, you know, it wasn't bad. Uh, offensively, they just couldn't get anything, any flow going because they were the puck was just jumping off their sticks and they just couldn't. The third period, they came out again, kind of like the first period, and took over and scored two more goals. One four nothing. Only their second shutout of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vasilevsky, you know, didn't start um, for a very long time. That's his second. So. 
Now he's going to the All Star game, which I, if I'm the Lightning, I'm like, damn, really? You want to take our goaltender too? Well, Carey Price take- uh, bagged out of the All Star game because he's hurt or yeah, dealing with an injury. Frederick Anderson's oh. hurt for t- the Toronto's goalie. He's dealing with a groin the, issue. So don't you if you're the lightning though, I mean all all seriousness. I mean, really? Do you want Vassy going out there after Well, he's it's kind of like, back? you know, getting the old band back together from last year. You got Kucherov, Stamkos, Vasilevsky, uh points in the last man voting, and then, and then Cooper. It, yeah. Cooper's also coaching in the All Star game. So it's the same game. Uh, yeah. You're basically taking you know all of last year. I mean, you know, I, was it Elliot Friedman or one of the uh the big uh Canadian you know, writers that covers the hockey was saying, let's just make it the, uh, the lightning versus the world. <laughs> They'd have, I'd take the lightning for the all-star game. Um, well, and a lot of people would. They have pretty, especially three on three. I mean, you know, they've got, they've got some juice on that side. I mean, I mean, it was sure. really cool last season with the all-star game here in, in Tampa that I loved they started Stamkos, Kucherov, Point and Vasilevsky. That it was all four lightning on the ice to start the game. It was very cool to start yeah, their first cool game. That was that was a really cool thing they did. Gesture. And, and, and yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just you know, especially in the current format because you know you only have there's limited players because you're playing three on three and you take one player from every team in the division. So there's not a lot right. of extra players. So no. to actually to be able to field a team where your goalie, including three others on the ice at the same time, that's hard to do based on yeah. just the the pure numbers. Right, but it was um, but it was fun. It was fun watching them do it. So and the Lightning deny um, John Totorella victory number six hundred. Number six hundred. Wow, you know he's been. This shocked me too. I mean, I you know we all remember two thousand and four. At least I did. But he's eighteen years now. He's been in the NHL. Mm-hmm. He's got those five hundred ninety nine wins. Eighteen seasons. Hardly seems hardly seems yep. possible. But and Columbus was playing really well coming into tonight. Yeah, they were so. Really interesting interview. If you had, you, you didn't probably have a chance to watch it because you were doing the game, but um, on television side, they had Torts talking about, you know, remember a year ago the Blue Jackets went on this run where they had like 16 straight games with points or something like that? Yeah, was it last very year or two years similar. ago? I don't remember which. It was one of the two years. Might yeah. have been. Yeah. That was last year, but maybe it was two years ago. But it was very similar run to what the Lightning just did. And Torts was saying, you know, I haven't talked to Cooper. He says, but as a coach, he goes, it's really hard. He goes, because mm-hmm. you know you're not doing everything right. You know you're not playing you know, mm-hmm. fundamentally the way you should, but you're on such a hot streak that you're like, wait a minute, do I, do I break this up and start trying to make moves so that we're more sound and you know, mm-hmm. maybe it affects our mojo or do I just ride the wave even though we're doing stupid stuff and getting away with it? Well, I'll give you Cooper know? a lot of credit. Is, you know, throughout that 16-game stretch where they weren't 15-0-1, he was changing lines up. You're rotating which defenseman you're sitting. Uh, you know they weren't just going. Well, we're hot. Let's we're going to keep yeah. the same four lines every night and and not yeah. change the lineup. I mean, you know, and they had some injuries too, where Callahan missed a game and Martell comes in, and that that happens. Yeah. But you yeah. know, they they're breaking up. You know, okay, Kucherov and Stamkos. Okay, now they're on different lines, and you know, you know, he wasn't afraid to tinker. Yeah, and that's what Torch said. Torch says, like, I, I didn't. He goes, I, I don't know, you know, that what if I do that again? He goes, but I didn't touch anything because mm-hmm. I was just like, let's just ride the wave. You know, and, and Cooper's got an advantage, too, is that, you know, that Columbus team that did that was younger, was young. not as not as yeah. experienced. This team has been together a long time. They're very yeah, experienced. Yeah, they know who they They're are. Very, yeah, yeah, they know who they are. They know each other. They're very confident that, yeah. you know, they, they just don't get rattled. No. You know they they can go through bad stretches and and have bad games and bad periods, but they don't get rattled. They don't they don't have that long hangover with things. And you know I think that's kind of why they went on it. You know the sixteen game point streak is that you know they're out there competing every night and and they're scoring goals at will. I mean another four goals again tonight. I mean they're still averaging over four goals a game and over a half goal a game more than any other team in the NHL. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's and Nikita Kucherov, Nikita Kucherov has 70 points now through 43 games. First player to do that since Yarmir Yager in 1990. I remember that name. That was a famous guy. Yes. And then Brayton, Brayton Point with a couple more goals. He's been terrific, right? Yeah. An easy one, so. but Kuch just shoots it off him. Well, yeah. But they I all mean, count. You know, if you stand in front of the net, good things will happen. Yeah, yes, they do. That's part of you got to be bold enough to go in there. So. Uh, so who the Lightning got the rest of the week? They're at home still, or they go back? Carolina comes in Thursday night, and they're kind of uh, playing really well right now. They've dug themselves a huge hole at the beginning of the season, but they're playing well. Then the Lightning go back on the road. They're in uh, Buffalo Saturday, 
I know Dallas is on this trip. And yeah. I think well, it's Buffalo Saturday, the Islanders Sunday. So I got a back to back over the weekend. And I think it's Dallas on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah and then we're coming right up on the All Star break, right? Yeah, Not they got a few away. more home games. And I think uh, there may be another game or two on the road. I, I don't remember offhand. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they're going to be off for like a week and a half because they get the All Star game and the bye week back to back. I'm sure they need that. Um, and it, unfortunately, their four best players won't get it. But like you said, it was the same thing as last year, so they've they've learned how to kind of navigate. Well, the other thing though weekend. is the bye week is matched up to the All Star game this year, True. so they True. will get a break, not as long as all the other players. Won't be as long but, as the non. But they will have yeah. several days off around the All Star game, so they they're not just you know going straight from games to the All Star game and then back to games. Right, right. That's different than it was last year. Right, and, well, and, and they're not um, the home team, which meant more obligations for guys like Stamkos and from hosting events and doing things, you know, because it's your hometown, you know. So you're a little more busy when it's when it's in your town. Right. No, it'll be a better better trip. Speaking about in your town, you know what's in your town just down the street is Captain Mike's. They're the number one customized manatee tour company, Kings Bay and Crystal River, just north of Tampa Bay. You're gonna love it up there. It's pure paradise. They've got, uh, you can swim with these manatees, and they've also got uh, pontoon boats and kayak rentals and much, much more. So take your family up there. This is a bonding experience. You're not going to regret it. I've done it before. You're going to thank me. Book online at uh, swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-571-1888. More on the Bucks coaching search course. We'll bring you comments from, uh, obviously, the, the, the Bucks and, uh, you know, if they ever have a uh, a press conference with Bruce Arians, we'll obviously have that. But we think that's probably going to be not tomorrow, not today, but probably the next day. Um, but we'll be following up on who his coaching staff is and all of that. Keep it on TampaBay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 